0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: We're going to be
0: under the controlling
1: influence of something. And what the Apostle Paul is saying is, instead of being under the controlling influence of alcohol, I need to constantly be under the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit. And by the way... (laughs) There's a reason why they call alcoholic drinks spirits. Think about that.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. For many in the church, the consumption of alcohol is strictly taboo. Much of the controversy surrounding this issue is based off of the passage we'll be studying today. As Pastor J.D. explores this subject, he reminds us that ultimately what matters most is what is controlling us. As believers, that should be the Holy Spirit alone. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 5 with part 1 of his message, Under the Influence.
1: Ephesians chapter 5, we're going through this epistle, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Our text today will be verses 18 through 20. We're going to begin in verse 18 where the Apostle Paul, by the Spirit, says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, or as some of your translations render it, dissipation. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, (laughs) I have to confess that this was a a very difficult study to prepare and uh, teaching because it deals with a touchy topic. I chose the title Under the Influence as I hope you'll see why here shortly. Probably goes without saying, but the passage before us today is one for which there is much in the way of debate within the church today. And I'm hoping that you'll bear with me as we work our way through it. I'll do my best by the Holy Spirit to rightly divide the word of God on this controversial matter. In order to do that, I think it's important we understand what the Apostle Paul is not saying here in our text. Notice with me verse 18. He does not say, do not drink wine. He says, do not be drunk with wine. In other words, the exhortation is that a Christian should never get drunk, be a drunkard. And the reason is that drunkenness leads to a wasted life of debauchery or dissipation, which is an interesting word in the original language. It it actually carries with it the idea of wasting away. Which is kind of ironic, isn't it, that when we refer to somebody who's drunk, we oftentimes say they're wasted. <laughs> uh, that's actually an apropos uh, description of their condition. It is a wasting away of one's life. And sadly, it's also the taking away of many lives. And the statistics bear this out. Last week, my daughter Sabia performed at the 50th State Fair. And as we were leaving, we were handed a card pictured here on the screen from the NHTSA. On it, they state that each year, nearly 9,967 people are killed on our roads Due to drunk driving. And what's interesting is they put this into perspective. By equating it to about 19 jumbo jets crashing each year. That would be about the equivalent of one and a half per month. Killing everyone on board. Just to try to get your mind around that number. That statistic. It's sobering. You'll forgive the choice of words, but it's breathtaking to think about it. Now, while this is true concerning what drunkenness leads to, it's actually not the point of the passage. Um, that would be as unhelpful as being in town and seeing a sign that says, this is not the way to Kaneohe. That sign does me absolutely no good. It's, it's really pointless. And actually, this is what I love about God's Word. We're always told what not to do, but it comes packaged with what we are to do instead. And not only are we told what to do, we're also told why we're to do it, and even <laughs> provided with the how we're able to do it. And such is the case with this passage that we have here before us. I would submit that the emphasis is not so much on Christians drinking wine, rather it's on Christians being filled ...with the Holy Spirit. That, to me, is the point of the passage. And the reason being is that Paul is drawing the comparison between being filled with wine... ...as opposed to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Here again, it's helpful to understand a little bit about the original Greek language. And we have an interesting detail by way of the grammatical sentence structure that Paul uses. Let me explain. It should read, and does read in the original this way, be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. Just as you would constantly be filled with wine, you instead be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. The reason I point this out is because to be being filled that's not redundant to be being filled means that I'll be under the controlling influence of what I'm constantly being filled with let me say the same thing in a different way we're gonna be under the controlling influence of something and What the Apostle Paul is saying is, instead of being under the controlling influence of alcohol, I need to constantly be under the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, (laughs) there's a reason why they call alcoholic drinks spirits. Think about that. I'm trying to be funny. (laughs) They call them spirits for a reason. But isn't it true, think this through with me, that when somebody drinks and is under the influence of alcohol, does it not affect even control the way they act, the things they do, even the things they say, that they would never otherwise say or do? Were they not under the influence of this alcohol? Well, let's flip that over to the other side of the table as it were. And so too is this true when it comes to being under the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we behave differently when under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We say things that we would not otherwise say, were we not under the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit? And we do things that we would not otherwise do, were we not under the control and the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to take the time in the interest of time to uh, talk about it, but it it does need to be talked about. But the abuses when it comes to the Holy Spirit and things that are assigned to the Holy Spirit, it is just so grievous when you hear about or even see, I don't recommend it, But you see these so-called teachers, pastors, whatever you want to call them in these congregations, and they're assigning things like laughing uncontrollably, uncontrollably in the spirit, like a hyena. Barking in the spirit all of these manifestations so-called of the spirit and I assure you I assure you on the authority of God's holy word that is not the Holy Spirit. Even this passage that we have before us today has been used in such a grievous way as if to say that you can be drunk in the spirit. Out of control, and and you see, I will tell you, (laughs) you, that's a spirit, all right. It's not the Holy Spirit. What are you saying, Pastor? Is is it a demonic spirit? Yes. Wait, what? I thought as a Christian, you could not be possessed by the by a demonic spirit. You cannot. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot be possessed by a demonic spirit. However, you can be oppressed and influenced by a demonic spirit, and it will be manifested in ways, and the common denominator is this, you're out of control. Is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit self-control? And you want to tell me, I'm getting my blood pressure up, I I said I wouldn't do this, but too late. And you're telling me (laughs) in the name of Jesus and and in the name of the Holy Spirit that these people who are flopping all over the place, drunk in the Holy Spirit, you're telling me that's of God? Show me one place in the Word of God where that happened in the early church. There's no place in the Word of God where the Apostle Paul said, Hey, we're going to lay hands on you and you're going to be drunk in the Holy Spirit. You're going to laugh in the Spirit uncontrollably. No, that is not the Holy Spirit. You've come under the influence of another spirit. Even as a Christian, it is absolutely possible. Well, here's the thing as I catch my breath. I'll either act differently under the influence of alcohol in a bad way, or conversely, I will act differently under the influence of the Holy Spirit in a good way. Now, we have a problem. Um, that problem is that this presupposes we're constantly being filled with and under the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit in the first place. Please don't let your gears get jammed when I say this. But this is what's known as the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Okay, stop right there, Pastor. I thought that when I got saved, that I received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Yes, you did. That's when the Holy Spirit indwelt you. When you came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and were born again of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God indwelt you. That's the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, but it's not the necessarily the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You got the Holy Spirit in you, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have the Holy Spirit upon you, filling you, overflowing you, and empowering you. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not my intention today. We've talked about this. In fact, I look back in my archived teachings, and I think it was almost a year ago, we did an in-depth study of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I will, though... In the interest of time, and I think I'd be grossly remiss if I didn't do it, I do want to explain what the baptism of and with the Holy Spirit is. First, it's important to understand that there are three Greek pronouns describing the work of the Holy Spirit. They are as follows, para, en, and epi. Para means alongside. En, E-N, means in. And a p means upon. These are three distinct works of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Let me first start with this para, which again means alongside as a helper. Uh, para is where we get words in the English like paramedic, paralegal, para shoot, to come alongside, to help, the helper. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, in the original Greek, that's the Greek word parakletos, the helper, the counselor, to be with you, alongside of you, if you prefer, forever that's para, that's the work of the Holy Spirit alongside. Now, the second is in, which means in or indwelling. The Holy Spirit indwells us when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. This is in the next verse, John 14, 17, Jesus continues, the spirit of truth, Speaking of the Holy Spirit, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. When you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit is now in you. Now, the third one, and this is the one I want to really uh, draw your attention to. It's the Greek pronoun epi meaning upon. This is the baptism with the Holy Spirit who comes upon, a p us. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power, power, and by the way, uh, in the original language, and you'll forgive the uh, many references to the Greek, but it's important to understand that it's the Greek word dunamis where we get our English word dynamite. Dynamite. (laughs) Never mind, that was a flashback. I'm back with you now. You young people have no idea what I just uh, said there. But it's this dynamite, this dunamis, this power, this dynamic, this boldness, this holy boldness that comes when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it's not just for the sake of being empowered. No, you will have that power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm going to give you that power that you need and it comes by way of the baptism with the Holy Spirit who comes upon you. Am I yelling? I'm sorry. The best way I ever heard this illustrated and explained was by using a pitcher of water and a glass. For those of you who are visual learners, (laughs) and you know who you are, (laughs) uh, this I hope will be helpful. Let's again start with para, alongside the pitcher being, of course, the Holy Spirit and the glass being the life of a believer. Para is the pitcher, the Holy Spirit alongside us next to the glass. Now we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit now is being poured into us and is indwelling But here's the best part. It's not just alongside or in. It's upon. Now I want you to think this through with me. Because Jesus said, actually fulfilling the feast and a prophecy concerning the feast. He says, all who are thirsty, come to me. That's the living water. And when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us to overflowing, our lives, Jesus said, would be like torrents of powerful water. You know when you see those floodwaters, whenever there's a massive flood, they are so powerful that they actually carry buildings and houses downstream. That's how powerful water is. You know, on the mainland... Uh, where I come from, <laughs> they actually harness power with water. And they build these massive dams, and from the power of the water, they create energy. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Now, it's important that we understand this delineation, because in the book of Acts, the 8th chapter, verses 14 through 17, we see this dynamic of the upon experience. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them, listen, that they might receive... The Holy Spirit. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, they had already accepted the Word of God. Oh, that's why we're here. There's something else in addition to a subsequent work of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to pray that now, because you've accepted the Word of God, the Son of God, Now we're going to pray that you might also receive the Holy Spirit. And we're told in verse 16 why. It's because the Holy Spirit had not, keyword, yet come upon, a p any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them... And they received the Holy Spirit upon them. They had already received Christ. They already had the Holy Spirit in them. Now they have the Holy Spirit being poured out upon them. And now their lives are going to be as powerful as torrents of living water.
0: Community is so important to a growing relationship with Jesus. We weren't meant to walk this Christian life alone. God has blessed us with spiritual brothers and sisters, all imperfect people serving a perfect creator. We will find ourselves in times of trial as we deepen our faith and follow Jesus. So we need to have a community of believers to lean on. Your church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. In turn, you provide the same for them. Have you found a group of Jesus followers that you can invest in? If you're in the Kaneohe area and don't have a church, we would be more than happy to welcome you into our family. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Before our time is through with you today, we want to tell you how you can listen to more editions of In Spirit and Truth. Did you know you can take In Spirit and Truth on the go by downloading our mobile app? In our fast paced world, it's easy to let the time we'd spend in the Bible slip into the back of the line of things to get done in a day. When you download our mobile app, however, you'll have verse by verse studies in the Bible available right at your fingertips to listen to whenever and wherever you go. You'll find a link to the app at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Join us next time as we continue in the book of Ephesians on In Spirit and Truth.
2: Holding me true to you